I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Alex Contreras on the mic alongside Red and Rojo Garcia. Welcome back to another episode of Marlins Barbecue. First and foremost, thanks so much for the support shown across all social media platforms, most notably on Twitter, uh, where you can catch my personal opinion, opinions alongside Rojo. Um, you can also check him out on Twitter and most exclusively on TikTok. A lot of feel good Marlins moments on TikTok. Check that out. Red, how was your weekend? Hey, what's up, Alex? Uh, it was good, man. I uh, got to spend some time with the family, which is important. And uh, do research for the show. What else is there to do when you're locked down, right? Yeah, you can have a nice Marlins Lager and relax. Yeah, man. Speaking of Marlins Lager, guys, the weekend, the news over the weekend was uh, they announced more locations. Um, check out their website. There was way too many for us to start naming them all. But it's pretty much they're fully you know out you could grab one at Publix Milam's Target has them um and some liquor stores along the way so definitely check that out um Alex without further ado here brother let's jump right in to the episode three we made it um over the weekend fish stripes put out a twitter poll here the first one that we're going to talk about and it was basically where do you see Mar? who do you see as the Marlins starting center fielder come opening day um, the options were Harrison, Villar, and other. Um, Harrison won with a whomping 60% uh, votes. Villar got 36. And 4% of you guys voted other. Um, do you agree with that, Alex? Uh, what do you think? I personally don't agree with it. I think of the fans did a little bit of a fan service here. But uh, where, are you, where are you at with that one? Well, man, you know, I'm, I'm first and foremost, I'm convinced that Marlins office, somebody, Marlins media, they, they, they definitely check out our work at fishstripe.com alongside the, the audience because there's some great Marlins exclusive stuff, exclusive content that you can go and check out, some fun stuff. I think the fans finally caught on to the hype. South Florida's finally catching on to the hype. You know, I think we needed to wait for a Don Mattingly to say something about Monte Harrison. Right? He said he's going to be a, a fun athlete that South Florida's going to love. And I really, you know, I, I can't agree more with Don Mattingly, you know. But the harsh truth is, man, there, there's so many outfield options right now for the, the Miami Marlins that it was going to be hard for me to see Monte start. Yeah, I would love to see him start. Everybody would love to see him start. And this doesn't have anything to do with service time, ladies and gentlemen. 
It doesn't have anything to do with that. This isn't the, the lawyer regime. They're not trying to do Monte dirty, how the old regime did dirty Marcelo Zuna, trying to control his service time. It's not about that. It's a, it's a short season. And the idea is, like Gary Cooper said, you got to have flame under your ass right out the gate. You know, I take each day as as what it is. It's, you know, you come in and do your work. You know, you go through the ups and downs of a season, but this is a little different. So I think you got to come out with, you know, a fire under your ass just to every single day because there's no there's no ups you can't have a lot of downs during the season because if you start off slow it's it, it's tough to recover so it's I think everybody's a little more on edge this year I like what you, I like what you said there but here's my counter argument and I think a lot of people agree Monte's not a 21 year old prospect he is 25 um it's time I believe it's time for him to be up here if he deserves it um I don't like the idea of him being the fourth outfielder, you know, getting an at-bat, what, once every other game, once every two games, late inning at-bats. Um, don't get me wrong. I would love to see him hitting in the bottom of the ninth, you know, bases loaded. But, I mean, you can't predict that. So I don't – I'd rather him being out there every day. Um, but we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, the second poll which we had out was uh, – you put it out, actually, the – which Marlins jersey to buy? What were the results on that? Were you surprised? Who won? What's going on on that one? Oh, man. I put that out, and I just I just tweeted it out. First names that came to my mind were Brian Anderson, Sandy Alcantara, Mickey Rowe, and then I, I put in other because Twitter only lets you put in a certain amount of guys to vote for. And, uh, man, I was surprised. There was a little bit of everything. Like, here, I'm going to mention out the names and pulling up the tweet. You can find that tweet at the Real, Real Acon, at the Real Acon. And basically, we had Brian, Anderson, Sandy. We had a blank jersey or other. And the results also had people voting for Monte, uh, Harold Ramirez, Jorge Alfaro, uh, Miggy Rowe, like we mentioned before. Um, so I just asked that question because, like, any, any, any real Marlins fan, there was, a age, there was a time and age where you would come and say, all right, you're conflicted. You wanted to get some fresh Marlins gear, but what do you get, right? Because the last time right. I remember getting like a, a legit jersey, I was like, all right, let me get this guy. I was legit, I was hyped up on Carlos Delgado. Carlos Delgado's a, a stamp. He's going to be a Marlin for years, man. Look at the contract they just signed. Little did I know, you know, he gets shipped away because he becomes a man. <laughs> I have – excuse me, sorry. Yeah, okay. Um, okay. So, so, yeah, like it, it's just one of those questions that, all right, your sure bet was always get a blank jersey. And – I'm kind of happy, man, looking at it. The South Florida fan base said Brian Anderson. And, and looking at it, man, Brian Anderson, rightfully so, he should be the leader uh, in this poll. And I'm excited to see that that Marlins fans feel this way about Brian Anderson. I mean, how do you feel, Red? Who would you cop? What type of jersey would you cop if you were getting a Marlins jersey? What color? Uh, man, I got to rock the blue. I know we don't use it in a game, but that's my go-to. I already have it. Um, and let's be honest. Three years ago, two seasons ago, you put out that same tweet, and everybody's telling you, bro, get a blank one. Don't get anybody. Just get a blank one. Don't get one. Get another team. Why are you going to get one? They're just going to trade the players away. And look, the results showed that people, you know, not only knew who Anderson was and Harrison, but, you know, the blank one didn't win, which is uh, surprising to me. Uh, over 129 votes. Over 129 right. votes on that. 17% Sandy Alcantara. As, and he's the one that won? No, it was Bra Brian Anderson with the whelming 48%. Nice. 
Yeah, man. If I had to get a jersey today, um, I'd want to say I, Anderson's a safe play. You know, he's uh, he's been consistent. This was probably going to be his uh, all-star year, you know. Um, I want to see what Sixto does. I love pitching. You know, I used to pitch, so that's my that's definitely where I'd probably get a jersey, you know. A I nice feel pace. you on Sixto. I just like the thing about Sixto is is like Monte, right? It's like he's he's young, but you don't know if he's gonna keep that number this whole time or he's gonna switch. Like right, Monte is number right. sixty four right now. Like one number one number uh one number is your he's guy. Not for long. He's not gonna be sixty four for long. Yeah, so um, I think Sixto's wearing seventy three right now, right? So it's like, do you think right. Sixto's gonna wear that? I, th- I think you tweeted something about Noche Sixto. What you, what night did you say? I th- what number did you say? Uh, I don't have a number for him yet, but yeah, Noche Sixto is definitely mine. He should probably be number six. Um, but we'll touch on that again later. Uh, it's just a tough. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what number I'd get, bro. That's a that's a good question. Or what player actually? You just go um, go blank, go blank, say yeah, frown. Right now, I have a blank jersey. Uh, don't hold that against me. Um, I got it when the jerseys were revealed. I really don't know. I'd probably get Harrison, uh, maybe Sixto, you know, Edward Cabrera. Uh, Jazz, for sure. When Jazz is, you know, up here, I'll probably grab one of him. Uh, um, but, yeah, that's interesting, man. I, I'm, I'm just excited that Miami finally, you know, didn't go let's go the blank route. I think that's a win. I got a couple more questions for you real quick before we close this subject. Let's go. All right. So my first question for you is, what do you think about rocking a jersey that's like a, a player? Or not a player. I'm sorry, a coach, right? You got Don Mattingly, right? This is a, a storied baseball player, right? He's a baseball – he's a, he's, a, he's a stamp, right, in baseball history, right? Donnie Baseball, they love him in New York and in L.A. He was a manager. He's been a little bit of everywhere. Now he's in Miami, and he's leaving his mark. Would you consider rocking out maybe a, a Don Mattingly jersey? That's my first question for you. Let me say this. I was the first person to probably say I thought we were going to get rid of Mattingly. I was the first, you know, I disagreed with so many coaching decisions. Um, I disagree with so many moves. Um, you know, I'm the most vocal anti-shift person on Twitter. Um, but I don't know who tweeted it the other day. They said something like, man, through all this, Mattingly has stayed true. You know, he didn't ask to be released. He didn't void his con. You know, he didn't try to get out of his contract. You know, and I honestly, thinking about it from that perspective, I gained a lot more respect for him. As for rocking a coach's jersey, I don't think so, man. That's just not me. Would you? Don Mattingly. Maybe if he goes into the Hall of Fame, you know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm there to support him, Fish Family. But I'm not rocking it out myself. I mean, maybe yeah. I'll throw it up. I'll throw it up in the man cave. Don't get me wrong. If Marlins want to send that over, I got, you know what I'm saying, DM me. I'll send well, you over my address. In 2012. <laughs> When the Marlins did the the first rebrand of the franchise in 2012, they I remember walking around Dolphin Mall and they had all these like kiosks. You know, the Marlins hype for 2012 was crazy, and they were selling Aussie Guillen shirts, and they were selling like it's not like they weren't selling. People, the community flocked to it, and obviously that ended on a sour note. But it's not crazy to think this community would rock uh, a coach. So let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Let's see what happens. He gets in the Hall of Fame. 
we start winning a little bit, uh, I could see the community doing it, but not me. Yeah, man, and I and I, it's so beautiful, like you said, man. That Mattingly stick through the whole time. Like there was guys that said, "Hey, man, I'm tired of this whole rebuild phase. I want out." And like you, you said it, like he he stayed true the whole time, bro. Like he went through so so much stuff, the the Jose tragedy. Like he came over from LA thinking, "All right, I'm coming to a young team that's on the cusp of playoffs." He had a solid outfield core, you know. Uh, then the owner, like, he decided to sell. Thank God he decided to sell, right? And right. now, like, he's going through the transition of the whole new brand, the whole new look, and you don't know what's going to happen with you. Normally, when somebody new comes in, they bring in their people. And it's great that, you know, yeah, like uh, like, like you said, I'm myself included. I was thinking, all right, there's a no- number of days before, you know, it's over for Don Mattingly and Mike Hill. And, Wow, these guys really just needed some time, some commitment, somebody that really cared about baseball. And thank God for this new administration. Yeah, and again, like um, I've, I've, I heard a podcast with former GM, or he was in charge of player personnel. I'm not sure, Dan Jennings. Um, and I think it was on Swings and Misses, which is a great podcast for baseball guys. Check that out for sure. Um, but I'm not sure where it was on. And hearing the way Dan Jennings spoke, and he said that these guys were handcuffed. A lot, maybe not that Madden, but Michael Hill. Like a lot of the decisions were, they were handcuffed to what they could do. And he was saying that he didn't want to do a lot of these decisions that we blamed Michael Hill for. And Michael Hill and him, he was saying they didn't want to do it. They didn't want to do the the Chen deal. They didn't want to do all these other signings, all the trades. They didn't want to do some of that stuff. So I think Michael Hill. Now we see the real Hill. We see the real what he could do. Now, don't get me wrong. I still want to see him go out there and be able to you know, sign one of those big free agents, sign, you know, that closer, make that trade, you know, in a regular season in July that gets us, you know, like in 03, that Urbina, you know, get me that closer, that type of stuff we haven't seen. But as far as the draft, and I know there's other people involved, guys, but the draft, you know, getting Villar, signing Dickerson, Aguiar to a cheap deal, Cervelli to a cheap deal. Those are, that's stuff that we've never seen before. It was either all or nothing for Marlins in the past. So it was either sign the vet that's way past his time and give him an atrocious contract like Chen, or, hey, we're going with guys that no one's ever heard of and they're 21 years old. So I'm happy with the direction, Hill, what Hill's doing now. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm surprised they both stayed as long as they did, and I like what they're doing now more than I've ever liked what they've done in the past. You like memes? Yes, sir, of course. You you seen those you seen those memes that are they're going around right now they're trending of like the villain and the real villain yeah the villain in the movie and the real villain yeah they gotta make they gotta make one with Mike Hill and Jeff, Jeffrey Loria I agree Marlins fans are starting to figure out they're starting to see the truth like I remember at one point I was like all right Mike Hill like I remember like he first came on the scene I was like all right this guy looks like he, this guy looks like he's got it together all right cool Mr. Hill all right he's he's pulling moves he got the promotion and they got uh rid of Larry Beinfest and you were happy for the guy and then like all these bad moves started happening like you said the the Wei Yang Chang the John Bucks you know like it was just like man Michael what's Moore. going on yeah Mike Mike Morris yeah like we were investing into the wrong we were investing when we shouldn't and, like, the people that we needed to invest, we didn't invest into. So it was just frustrating. And now, like, many years later, like, the truth always comes out. So, Michael Hill, we're sorry if we ever gave you any bad energy. We want you to know Fish Nation loves you. Mr. Cheetah, 
this guy maybe deserves to get a raise. I don't know, we're in a pandemic and everything right now, but you know what I'm saying? Guys, keep it up. Keep pushing forward. How classic Marlins would it have been if Jeter would have come, released Michael Hill, Michael Hill goes to another organization and does what he's doing now, and we'd be looking back like, come on, man. I mean – that, I'm sorry to cut you off, but look at the Washington Nationals. The Washington Nationals have two key guys in their in their in their front office organization that helped to contribute. They got uh, Dan Jennings, who they they released. Dan Jennings was a front office guy who was also a Marlins manager, and they also have Jack McKeon. So there's guys over there. It's like wow, they came from the Marlins and uh, they know what winning's about. And kind of tip a tip of your hat to the Washington Nationals, man. They they came and they took some fish. And it panned out. They brought him a championship to Washington. Right. It's always a good sign when your opponent, and especially in the division, are signing or hiring your employees. You know, it's always a, it's always a bad thing because you let them go, but it's always a sign that you have the right people somewhere, you know? Um, Final question to, 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 to close off the thing. As I said, it was two questions. I know everybody's probably like, oh, what happened to the second question? The second question was, you said you rocked out the Miami Blue I was looking. I was looking to buy myself a, a Miami Black. That's the only jersey that I'm missing right now from the current ones. Um, do you think that they wear the Miami Blue in season? Please, Man, I God. So. I don't think this year. I know there's a. I'm not sure how it works with baseball, but I know like in football, you have to t- ask the NFL in advance when and when you're going to wear your jerseys. I don't know how that works in baseball. I'm assuming it has to be something similar, but um, I hope they do. Man, it just looks so clean. I hope they change the front though. I think they have to put Marlins in the front. I'm a firm believer that at home you should wear your mascot's name, and on the road you should wear your city. Um, they put Marlins on that front. You wear those on a Sunday with the roof open. They're nice and cool, and I think they look awesome, man, with the white outline. You know, Marlins big on the front. Um, I hope they do. Uh, you know, the pictures that are coming out now of all these sim games, they they look they look good. They look clean. You know, speaking of uniforms, the white uniforms with the red accents look badass. Um, do you I think don't know they? If it's do you think they have a Miami Red, Miami Red jersey in the future? It looks so good on Monte, the Red, I don't know, Miggy Rowe, yeah, BA. I think they'll do something, uh, maybe like a weekend type of thing. Um, eventually, I think they'll, they'll start playing around a little more. I think they're just trying to get people to forget about that orange. But the I like the red, the white uniform, like I was saying, though, Monte was wearing all white, and then he had a red sleeve, red cleats. You know, I think it was like a red shin guard. And it looked clean, man. It looked awesome. I think that's the way they should go, white and red. Um, I really like that, man. But um, as for the blue jersey, yeah, I think they'll wear it soon on the, in a game. Awesome. I'll move it on. All right. Let's jump into the little weekend recap here. Just quick thoughts. I'm going to throw out some topics. First one is here is uh, Marlins get two national t- uh, two TV. Ah, that was a tongue twister. I'm sorry. Martins get two national TV televised games. What are your thoughts on that? Um, only two, but hey, we got something, right? Two national TV games on Fox Sports Florida. But hey, I'm I'm a little I'm a little upset. It's like, dang, we got to see the Atlanta Braves again. But at the same time, man, thank God we get to see some baseball. You know, no disrespect to Ronald Acuna and the rest of the Atlanta Braves. Not that I don't want to see them. They're our division rivals, and I think we see them plenty of times this year. Um, so I think we got to be a little bit cautious. I mean, you can't really be cautious. You can't tell these guys, all right, don't go all out and don't show them all the weapons. I mean, these guys are really trying to get ready 100% for Philadelphia. So um, I just wish we, we – I heard rumors that it could have been like New York or Boston, and then we got hit with the 
with the wild card, and now we got the Braves. So uh, they're going to Truist. What is it? Truist Field now? I thought it was Sun Trust Park last year, but now it's Truist Field. I don't know how it works. Not sure, man. All right, second thing here. Uh, Joe Fasaro on Twitter saying that it pretty much looks like that uh, Niter looks to be the next starter in line. Is that surprising that it's not Sixto or someone like Edward Cabrera? Or are you in line with that, that you think uh, Niter is next? I think if Joe's, Joe's reporting that, um, I think that's kind of opening the door to maybe somebody getting traded in the near future. You look at this rotation, the, ro- tra- the rotation has plenty of trade candidates. People don't want to hear it, but if you want to get something, you got to trade something. And there's guys in this rotation that can help their pieces that involve Sandy, Caleb, Jose Ureña. Uh, who knows? Maybe somebody wants a Yamamoto. You know, who nobody could have said that they were going to trade away Zach Gallon. Here's Jazz Shilzum. So, you know, like I said, if you want something, you got to give something. And if the Marlins have something, they have plenty of pitching depth. But right now, the Marlins have to evaluate how, how and when they're going to trade, right? They got to wait at least 15 games, evaluate what's going to happen with that squad. And after those first 15 games, we're at 7-7. Seven and seven. We're at 8-7. and seven. All right, let's go for it. We're not, you know what I mean? It, it'll come a moment where the, the clubs are going to have to decide, all right, we're going for it. No, we're not going for it. Let's get rid of the vets. Let the young guys play. Maybe we hit fire, and it's just beautiful, and we go on this magical run, and we trade a, a, a future prospect just because we need another bat somebody got hurt. Or maybe we need another key piece in the rotation, like a real horse, like a true number one, you know? Um, who am I to tell you that if you call the Indians and the Indians say, hey, listen, we, you want a Jose Ramirez? Okay, Jose Ramirez can possibly, hypothetically speaking, can come to the Marlins, right? And you can gotta give, you gotta give something up. Who are you gonna give up? You gotta give a piece of your pitching. You gotta give him maybe a, maybe you give him a Sandy. Maybe you gotta give him a Yamamoto as well. You know who else you gotta give? You gotta give a position player. You always. Maybe you insert a Garrett Cooper, a Jesus Aguilar. If you can make that happen for a, 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 a tier one type player, then you de- definitely go out and you make that move because it's going to make you a championship caliber team. No disrespect to those guys. Those are all hypothetical trades, guys. But it's just you got to think about it. At, at one point, for those people that play MLB The Show, the, you know what I'm saying? People like that, that know there comes a point where you got to make moves. Like I love all these guys, and I hope that we all become champions all together, all these guys on the on the sixty man pool, but they're pieces that come and go, guys, and they're all rotating pieces and it really becomes that's what that's where Mike Hill comes into play. So right. he's gotta so have some tough decisions to make. Right. And I think I think, you know, Joe saying it kind of it's almost a tease, but I see it as a little like isn't it weird that seeing how close, you know, has Sixto pitched at all at Marlins Park during these uh, sim games? You know, he didn't pitch in spring training. Um, there was concerns about his weight. It looks like he's leaned out. But why isn't our number one prospect, who by all accounts is MLB ready, being talked about? I mean, why isn't he next in line? Um, why isn't, is he battling injuries that we just don't know about? Um, I mean, I if, you look at, if you look at Nadar, like uh, – Last year, if you look at the spring training numbers he put up, I believe it was the last game of the spring training 
of la- last year, 2019, the last game of spring training, I believe it was against the Cardinals. I was there covering that game. And he pitched a hell of a game. It was like, wow, okay. Or wait, was that was that Nadar or was that Gallon? I might be confused. It was Gallon. Okay, it was Gallon. Well, yeah, yeah anyway. Yeah. Sorry. It, it completely destroys where I was going with that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, um, not, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think, I think Sixto's ready. I think they're just being extra cautious with him. You know, I think with him, they're. Mo- I think they won't say, it, but I think with him, they're monitoring service time. Um, I don't think they. It's one of those situations that they don't want him in the bullpen. Um, they got to see what they have with the guys they have up there now. Hopefully, one of them. Not hopefully, but you know what I'm talking about. Like one of them gets traded, an opening happens, and Sixto just plugs right in and never leaves that rotation. Um, speaking of rotation. Sandy has the ball today in another sim game, 10 days before spring training. I'm assuming he'll throw in five days again. And then it looks like he's lined up to be the starter. Were you surprised by that or you were expecting Sandy? They already announced it, right? No, it's not officially announced, um, but that's just the way it's lining up. Uh, Fish Stripes is basically saying, you know, a little prediction. Um, yeah, Joe I mean, it's, hinted at it. It's, it's either, for me, like, it's either him or... Him or Sandy, if it were up to me, uh, Sandy or Caleb, if it were up to me to pick between those two guys. But, like, a lot of people are forgetting about Jose Ureña. Like, Jose Ureña was the opening day starter the past couple of years. Like, I just think Jose Ureña is an interesting piece because it's a guy that Don Manley has a luxury of either having in the rotation or putting in the bullpen. So, right, and with Jose, it's always been, you know, he's a dark horse. He's either going to give you – seven innings of stellar pitching or he's going to get, you know, pulled in the second inning after three hit batters and four solos. Um, I think he'll end up in the bullpen eventually or traded. Um, I don't see him as a fixer in the rotation, but that's something the season will, uh, will show us. Um, next here on a little weekend recap, it was tweeted that um, Dickerson's basically starting in left, Villar in center, and Harold in right, which basically goes all the way back to our Twitter poll. Um, they're basically saying that those are the regulars. Besides the two, I could have guessed Dickerson and left Villar in center. Are you surprised that it's Ramirez being basically speculated to be the opening day starter in right field? Or maybe are you hurt that it's – I mean, you already said you didn't want – you didn't think it was going to be Monty. But did you think Ramirez? I'm actually happy for Harold Ramirez that he's going to get this opening day nod in right field. <clears throat> The reason that I'm saying this is because Harold Ramirez has an advantage over these other guys on the roster. 
right? He's coming from Winter League Baseball. If it weren't for Winter League Baseball, Harold Ramirez might possibly not be in Major League Baseball. Yeah, Winter League Baseball in Venezuela and Dominican Republic, all these countries that have Winter League Baseball, it's like a tune-up. It's like a, a trampoline for players and that market to, to make it to the big leagues. And, like, people re- really, like, if you don't have a – if you haven't had the chance to go check out some Winter League Baseball, do yourself a favor if you, if during the winter. If you can make it happen, look it up online. It's 2020, ladies and gentlemen, so you should be able to find anything online. And, um, man, he has the advantage because it's a short season. It's 60 games. You know, he knows that he has to perform right off the rip, like Gary Cooper said, like we mentioned earlier. And I feel like it's an advantage over these younger guys. There's some guys, some vets that they're going to have problems going right out of the gate. They're going to stumble right out of the gate possibly because, hey, I didn't have enough time. I didn't get enough rips in the in, during the, the batting practice. And that's valid. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's different. Not, not everybody's going to come out of the gate batting 100, you know, like going off and just having a 1,000. A thousand game four for four. Everybody, it's not going to happen. There's going to be guys that are going to struggle. They're going to go for four for five, strike out, and we're just going to question how long is the leash going to be? You know, how long is the leash going to be? Because we have so many options, right? And I think with with Ramirez, um, this goes back to episode one with us, where we spoke about who are those players that could be traded this season, and he fits that type of player. Low cost, you're not going to get a top 10, top 15 prospect. A team will want to acquire a guy like Harold Ramirez. Let's say he comes out of the shoot, hitting 260, 270. You know, he's spraying the ball all over the place, surprising speed. Um, and somebody calls, you know, the Marlins are out of it. Let's say they start 5 and 20. The Marlins are out of it. They call. Jesus, 5 and 20. I'm just saying, he's not, whatever. He's not going to demand a top prospect. He is not a part of the future. Um, We have guys that are a part of the future knocking on the door, like Monte. Um, Unfortunately, Brinson hasn't earned it, but we got to see what, I mean, I'm not going to say we got to see what we have with Brinson. I think we've seen enough. But we, I'd rather him have the at-bats in a season that doesn't matter than Harold. And this is all hypothetical, guys. I'm not saying this season doesn't matter. I'm saying, in the scenario that we're out of it. Um, I think he's a perfect trade candidate, like Amigo Rojas. And um, I'm glad he's going to get the at-bats early. He deserved it. He earned it. And I'm good with it. Next piece of news over the weekend, guys, or maybe the last hour, depending on when you heard this, um, the Braves announced an interesting signing, and they have agreed pending physical on a one-year deal with Yasiel Puig. Hey, Atlanta, I see you soon, baby. Does it change the division? Or are we still sticking with the same thing? What do you think about that? And and does it? How much does it affect that lineup? Okay, first and foremost, bienvenido a the National League East, New Camargos, aka Yasiel Puig. All right, what do I call him? New Camargos, the lady from the TV. Yeah, people that watch Spanish TV news know what I'm talking about. All right. Yasiel Puig is all about show. This guy is always going. It's all about him, and it was. It's kind of funny that he ends up being a brave, like because it's gonna it's gonna build that rivalry even more, right? When the Marlins face with the Braves, like Yasiel Puig, he's an interesting player. He, he brings a lot of hype. 
But it was funny when they asked him in free agency, he said, hey, why don't you sign with the Marlins? He said, nah, first and foremost, they got to pay me a lot more to play with the Marlins because the fans are always going to be heckling, man. They're going to be heckling. The Cuban the Cuban fans are going to be heckling me because they want me to be performing all-star numbers all the time. And what do you expect? Not just because we're Marlins fans. Any fan that you go to, any fan base expects you to go and be a freaking all-star player. Not even an all-star player. At least give a hundred percent of whatever you got. You're a major league player, man. Whatever you got in the tank, you coming over here. You're trying to help us win a chip. What are you talking about? Oh, you don't want to go to Miami because it's going to be too much pressure. Too much pressure. You don't want to be a champion. That's not the type of player that we want. So, Braves, y'all can have that because if anybody knows about going to the playoffs and choking, besides the Rays, it's the Braves. What I find interesting about the signing here, Alex, is wasn't it like three years ago that the Braves were Mr. You know, play the game the right way? You know, when you hit a home run, even if it's a walk-off, put your head down around the bases. You know, don't pimp home runs. You know, don't do not do all that extra stuff. And then all of a sudden, Braves fans forget all of the crap, for lack of a better word I was about to say. They gave the Marlins in 2016. And now, you know, their best players are these fun hashtag let the kids play players. And now they go and sign Twig, who's like the captain of let the kids play who's going to get in people's faces, who's going to pimp every home run, who's going to want, you know, that at bat in the bottom of the ninth. And if he hits it out or he wins the game, that bat is going to the seventh row of the stands. So it's funny how Brave fans all of a sudden forget that. Next topic here, Alex. What you, uh, you went to a couple sim games um, this weekend. What did you see? Um, was there any player that stood out to you? And what's the environment at the park like there? And so let me just tell you that I saw Pablo Lopez and Jose Urena go at it, and they looked really, really sharp, man. It was so Talk fun to Pablo. see. Tell guys. me about Pablo. Pablo, man, he was looking nasty. His, his, his fastball, his two-seamer looked pretty good. I was watching from the third base side, so it's pretty hard to judge what it was. I was watching speed. You can obviously tell the difference between a fastball and a curveball. But uh, Jesus Aguilar uh, was quoted saying that, man, Pablo had Cy Young stuff. And the score reflected a 4-2 to final. And I was excited to see Jose Urena, man. Jose Urena, he brought his A game too. He was he was pretty sharp. He was liking what he was seeing out of Pablo Lopez. And it was just fun to really see these guys go back to the basic element of the game, to the essentials of the game, to like square one. It felt like it was like little league all over again. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was competition. Like yeah. whenever you were trying to make that high school baseball team, like, all right, man, all these guys are out here. Like this 60 players, whatever. Not, not all 60 were on at Marlins park, but you know what I'm saying? That uh, the, the, the excitement, the, What's the word I'm looking for? The competitiveness. That's what I'm looking for. The competitiveness, bro, was just, it was flowing. It was in the air. And you can hear guys, like, heckling the umpire. The umpire, uh, it, was, it was just so funny. He's the, the Marlins press, uh, public public relations media guy. And and it's just so fun to see how the Marlins were heckling him. Like, he was calling some strikes, like, some questionable strikes. But at the same time, mm-hmm. those guys were just ready out there to just rip it, rip Grip it and rip it, and at the it, it's so you guys can understand me. The people from my generation, it felt like playing MVP baseball. You remember MVP baseball, Red? Of course, of course. 
So when you were playing the the batting mode, right? When you were just chipping, like you were just batting off, and you were trying to hit like the golf cart driving by, and like you were just trying to hit like different targets. It felt like that. You can hear the balls clank. You know, I'm a little bit jealous of our fellow reporter, our colleague Alex Krutchek from FishStripes.com. He was he was lucky enough to catch like all the home runs of Marlins have hit so far during all these sim games. Uh, I was lucky enough to check out, you know, Jesus Sanchez and Luis Diaz, man. Like, Luis Diaz is such a big guy. Like, if like he's like a like the tallest first baseman I can remember, like like a good one. Like, he, I could just – he's like a left-handed Derek Lee. You know what I mean? Like, if that's like a reference I can make, that's that's the vibe he gave me. Like, he was just well, slick fielding. So yeah, that's a, that's a great reference. Like you're compared to Carlos Delgado. Wow. So right. you know, um, I was happy to see him. Jesus Sanchez got a couple of rips. You know, we saw Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson's approach was definitely out there. He was trying to see what the zone was. He was getting a feel for the for the strike zone. So um, we saw John Birdie on the base pass. We saw Jonathan Villar. And Jonathan Villar is a, a interesting guy because he's a guy that he had forty. 40 stolen bases last year, and it's a guy that you get excited, right? I got excited. I was like, all right, Jonathan Villar, you know, thank you so much, Orioles. Um, at, at his, his career high, I believe, is 62 stolen bases. And I was like, wow, this guy's talking about coming into the season back when we were thinking it was 162 games. He's talking about he wants to break the Marlins record for stolen bases. He's talking about maybe I'll get 90, stol- 90, 90 stolen bases. Like, whoa, that's a big number, dude. But, hey, that would have been fun to see. And, you know, now I see him like he's going up there and he's 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 not like a he's not like a D Gordon or a Juan Pierre. He's not that skinny guy. But, like man, this is just a fun guy to watch. Like you, it's an interesting approach. Like, I don't know how this guy steals second base. Like, I don't know. Like, he just catches everybody off guard. Like, I'm not saying he's like a Pablo Sandoval. You know what I mean? He's not 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 a big like that. But it's like, wow, this guy's just a gamer. And. Like, it just reminds me of my, my childhood. Like, one of the things the coaches would always say is, like, el que es más vivo siempre gana. Right. And, uh, guys, a little, not breaking news, but a little fun tidbit I just came across here on Twitter. Um, Fish on the Farm, you can find them on at Marlins Miners, is reporting that the Marlins Park is actually pumping crowd noise into today's simulation uh, sim game. So that's an interesting little piece of information there. We'll talk about that on a later show, but. Just wanted to get that out there for you guys to know that it looks like that's coming, guys. Um, I don't know if you guys have been watching the MLS games, but it is awkward. It literally felt like I was watching two teams playing in a public park while watching the last uh, Miami Inter-Miami game. Um, Alex, we already touched on who's who are, where we think Monty's going to be. Uh, we talked on the Marlins' stolen bases. Um, so I think it's time for our world-famous game of this or that. Around the Horn edition. You ready? Do it. This or that. We're at first base. Who you got? Aguiar, Cooper, or Lewin? Go on Lewin. I agree. 100%. No doubt. Second base. Isan Diaz or Velar? I'm going... uh... Go on, Isan. Give me Isan, but I'm going to say this. He's on an interesting leash with me. Um, he didn't exactly perform as I thought he would last year. It was his first year, but 
Um, I want to see him tear the cover off the ball. I want to see him come up. You gotta, and I want to give him a break. I know, I know, I know. And I never. But I want to break his 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 trajectory, his track record in minor league. has always said that the guy needs maybe like a, a season, a season and a half at that level. Right, adapt. he's always slow off the bat. Um, in a new level, but it's time, brother. It's time. Own that position and never look back. That's what I want to see. Um, shortstop. Opening day, Miggy Rowe or Jazz? Opening day? Oh, this is opening day edition. Okay, I'm going Miggy Rowe. Um, yeah, I'll agree with you there with Miggy Rowe. Um, obvious, guys, if you've been paying attention, Jazz has not really been there. I think recently he reported. Um, I don't think he's going to have enough time. We have 10 days to opening day, so give me Miggy Rowe. Um, around the horn, third base is a pretty easy one. Uh Anderson or Eddie Alvarez? Definitely. B.A. B.A. deserves that C on his chest, on his Marlins jersey. I know Mickey Rowe. Everybody talks about Mickey Rowe, but I'm I'm talking about long-term. Brian Anderson, team captain. I agree. I mean, um, the Eddie Alvarez story is interesting. It's fun. It's cool. Um, I hope there's a spot for him. I hope he gets a spot somewhere. Um, He actually – I think he had another hit today, Um, but this is Andy's spot. And never put him in the outfield again. I know he's a plus outfielder. I love his arm, but we need a lockdown third base and never look back. Um, left field, Ramirez or Dickerson? Oof. Ramirez or Dickerson, huh? Um, we got to go with Dickerson. I mean, we're paying him, bro. He's got to, you know what I'm saying? This is the guy that Phillies fans and, and Pittsburgh fans were raving about, so. We got to see yeah, what he's buying. Um, I got I mean, to definitely trust uh, it. Front office. Yeah, now with the new news, you know, that Ramirez is most likely starting in right. Um, but I agree. Dickerson in left over Ramirez. Center field, um, Villar or Brinson? Villar. No contest. You know, Brinson, man, we had high hopes. There's still like that one little drop, but you got to earn it back, man. You got to. You got to, I don't know, man. You got to be Mr. Spring Training, you know, throughout the season. Right field, Monte or Coop? Oof. I'm going Coop. I need I need my vets to, to step it up. I need my vets to come in and really light that fire under their butt, how Coop is talking about. And if the vets ain't doing it, young boys are up. Yeah, I agree. Um, Let me... I'm going to say this. Madden did come out and say that no matter what position he's that Monte's playing, he will be the best defender on the field. I agree. And if, I think if we could get Monte in right, Pooper at DH, and Lewin at first base, and that obviously means Aguiar is the man out, I'll have no issue with that. I won't even blink an eye. Um, that's probably not going to happen. Um, by all accounts, Aguiar is hitting the cover off the ball, so he most likely will be the starting first baseman or starting DH. So, give me Monte just for the sake of argument, but um, man, I hope Coop stays healthy and you know and leads us to wherever this team is going this year. Another guy people that forget about Matt Joyce. We need Matt Joyce and Gary Cooper to really turn it up, man, and get some value. Well, these guys. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen any reports of Matt Joyce. I know he's on the roster, but um, guys, like we said, episode one, we're not going to speculate on who has what, who tested what. 
But Matt Joyce has – it's been obvious he hasn't been around the the team. I don't know if this weekend he came back. Um, but by by now, you know, it's pretty obvious. We believe, you know, these guys got to get healthy, if, you know, family first as always. So um, Matt Joyce, wherever uh, – he actually signed my nephew's baseball. I'm actually looking at the ball right now. Um, but Matt Joyce, man, I hope you're healthy. I hope everything works out. And he's one of those guys, man, that you would love to see on the team. But Matt, remember what, remember what I told you on Instagram, bro? You you gotta come and make your debut with the stash, like the Don Mattingly st- the stash from back in the day, and then rock it out in the clubhouse, and then you guys go on a crazy win streak, and then you get a couple guys on board, and everybody's just rocking out the Don Mattingly stash, baby. And all of a sudden, the Marlins are on a ten game win streak. Let's make it happen. Well, let me ask you, just since uh, we already finished with the uh, this or that. Ten games. I mean, we're ten days away. Even if Matt Joyce comes back now, will he be ready for opening day? No, he's not going to be ready for opening day. Right. He's going to so. be a reinforcement, like game, game seventeen, game twenty, game twenty three. Matt Joyce, boom, key base hit, pinch hit situation. Okay, you know, what I mean, he's going to get that. I feel like that's the vibe that I'm getting from Matt Joyce. He's going to be like a a great pinch hitter, and guys are going to be like, "Yo, we need a pinch hitter during this playoff run." And if Marlins are in it, I don't know if you're going to give it up. But if they're not in it, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'll accept the call. And, hey, even if they're in it and maybe you got a tough call to make, pull the trigger, man. Look what Sergio Romo pulled. We got a freaking Lewin Diaz. Thank you, Sergio. Sergio will come back to I don't South understand that trade at all. <laughs> I'll never understand that trade. We we, mar- we, we Marlin the Twins. You know, we, we made – I don't – thank thank you. Twins. Those are twins, right? Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right, Alex. Well, that wraps up today's show, but we're not going to leave the fans empty-handed. Guys, if you made it this far, you're about to be given an opportunity that is fun and, quite frankly, delicious. Um, in a couple minutes, we're going to be asking one, actually two trivia questions here. And the first fan to answer the question correctly and DM it to Alex and we'll, you know, we'll plug in the Twitter um, with the correct answer wins a six pack of the Biscayne Brewery Marlins Lager, which we, we will deliver locally. Um, if not, we'll ship it to you and we'll figure that out as well as a guest spot on a future episode of Marlins Barbecue. All right. So without further ado, this is a two part answer. So pay attention. Who was the first Marlin to hit three home runs in a single game? And who were they playing against? So, again, the first question, write it down, guys. Who was the first Marlin to hit three home runs in a game? And who were they playing against? And the second question, you got to answer both, is who was the first Marlin to throw a no-hitter and who were they playing against? All right, guys. So you got to get four. Each question has two parts. DM it to Alex. Alex, where can the people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at the Real Acon. That's T H E R E A L A C O N on Twitter. And make sure you guys go and follow us on TikTok at Talk Baseball. We're at 600, over 600 followers already, guys. Thank you so much. Go out there and enjoy that feel-good Marlins content. Have a good laugh. I hope that you guys hit me up. 
be that first one to get into my DM once you hear this. Hopefully you heard this early. If you heard it late, hopefully nobody's figured it out yet. But you're going to get yourself some Marlins Lager, baby. You're going to ch- check out that German-style lager. All right, You guys are going to enjoy it. It's a interesting taste. It's not your, you know what I'm saying, your, your regular wet down, you know, beer. Now you got to take like four or five of them down to like feel a buzz or anything. Nah, this is a good beer, a quality beer that you're going to enjoy. Good time at Marlins Park or at your house or wherever you're at. Fantastic, brother. Uh, by the way, Fish on the Farm is reporting that Isan Diaz just uh, hit a leadoff triple, stand-up triple. Um, so that's what I want to see. Prove me wrong. All right, guys. Um, as always, I'm Red Garcia. You can find me on Twitter, Red underscore Garcia. My partner, Alex Contreras. Um, he already said his Twitter handle. Guys, make sure you're checking on Fish Stripes. Follow Fish Stripes on Twitter. They are the best news. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already do. But we'll- so Check out Fish Stripes. Some really fun stuff on there. All right. We love you guys. We hope you're staying safe. And wear your mask so that we can be in the park. Be good, guys. No te preocupes que está.